Hello listener, and welcome back to Full Immersion. After a brief hiatus, we're back with what we're calling Season 2 of our actual play RPG podcast. Just as before, we're using the Sprawl role-playing system, and we're still playing in Fancy Flight's Android setting. One major piece of news, Haley has left the group for personal reasons, and sadly won't be able to take part in the story for now. But there's good news too, we're delighted to introduce Alice to the crew. This episode ties up some loose ends before our next mission, primarily Alice's character creation, but also the advancements the other characters have earned from their adventures. I'll leave Alex to explain the rest. So, welcome back to The Sprawl. After a bit of a hiatus because of life and Christmas and the Netrunner World Championships, we kind of fell out of it a bit, um, but we are now extremely excited to be back with all our cool crime in New Angeles. Uh, first order of business is we have a cast change. Due to life and uh, other commitments, Haley is no longer able to join us to play the sprawl. Um, but thankfully, we have found a new cast member, so we, we haven't just shrunk in size. So we'd like to welcome Alice onto the show. Say hello, Alice. Hello. Yay. Um, so <laughs> you're gonna... I'm, so, I'm, yay. I'm excited that you're here. I'm glad that... Um, we haven't, the, uh, Haley's departure hasn't just resulted in that loss. I think it's exciting. Thankfully, often when, when you have a role-play game and someone leaves and someone else joins, you have to do quite a lot of work to bring them up to date. Luckily, I think, Alice, you've listened to all the episodes of Full Immersion, right? I have. I listened to them when they were coming out, and then I did a quick recap uh, more recently. I'm very sorry, because it surely made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> that actually means you might know more about it than we do, so that's almost embarrassing. I re-listened to the episodes, actually, in the last like week. Not all of them, but the recent ones. I also skipped about half of them. I just sort of jumped around. Mostly to the bits where I did cool stuff, because I'm a narcissist. But... My own personal highlights are all the parts of me. <laughs> Thankfully, we all have a pretty good idea of uh, of like where the game is left off, and if we're not sure, we can go back and listen to it. So we don't need to do loads and loads of work uh, updating each other. But just, just to quickly make sure that everyone is on the same page... Um, we finished our last session of the game with a mission ran against Wayland Argus to uh, sort of rescue slash extract Adu the Byroid for HP Cybernetics Division, uh, which was which had kind of come about because the team got, got double-crossed and got caught up in the centre of something that they never intended to be caught up in. Uh, but they managed to get, get out of the situation by performing all missions, risking themselves. Uh, so we left them without any real... Uh, without anyone really pursuing them. So it was thankfully, it was quite a good point to leave things. We didn't end on a cliffhanger. I understand that we've uh, jumped forward in time a bit. We're now in the super future. We're now slightly further in the future, yeah. <laughs> well, we, do, we, don't, we already don't know what year the Android universe is in, so now we're just six months ahead of a year that we don't know. We're kind of thinking, we're thinking of this as season two, right? So, and like a lot of TV shows, we have cut forward in time in the game as well as real life. It's just kind of nice to have the sort of the break that we had in real life also reflected in the fiction so that we're not going back to what our characters did yesterday. And so, you know, our characters have also had a bit of a time lapse. So what we're going to do, so the things that we need to do today in this session, we're not going to actually play any, any games. We're not going to actually do any crimes. Um, what, because what we need to do is get everything up to date. So what I wanted to do is, uh, a check in with each of the characters individually, talk about kind of what they did in the six months, um, and it, like, if anything's significant has changed in their life, if their appearance has changed in any way, if they've you know been up to been up to much, or if they've just been lying low, uh, you also got advancements to spend at the end of our last mission. So you can tell us what advancement you picked, and maybe that maybe your, what you did in your downtime will reflect your advancement, or maybe it's just something you picked up and don't need to explain. I think we're going to do that first, and then we're going to move on to you, Alice, and we're going to talk about your character. You already ha- got, had some ideas of what you wanted to play, so we can talk about it. We can sort of bring your character into existence, and then we'll work out how we're going to tie them in with the rest of the group. My vague idea is that they are that our next our next mission is going to be if it, focused around your character in the sense that it will hopefully bring them into the story. So that's what that like, so that your joining feels organic. Um, you're also going to do some of the things that everyone does in the very first session as if you were creating a, a character from scratch, but not all. We'll go over that at the time. But you are going to create a corp. I think we're going to skip some of the steps. Okay. But we'll deal with that as we come to it, if that makes sense. Okay, we'll go 
left to right as it exists on my screen. So we'll start with you, Jono. Ah, okay. Oh, well. Uh, all right. I, everyone has a very good idea of what I'm going to do for my advancement. Um, <laughs> I would like to uh, expand the Shell character to include the Walter character. Uh, I'm not really sure how to do this. It probably involves a custom move, uh, which I've been calling Cool Owl Sidekick. It's kind of modelled on... the So the driver has a move called Drone Jockey, which means that uh, the driver can have access to two drones, which are kind of small, personal... Well, not devices. Well, everyone knows what a drone is. Those things that they can control and can use to scout or whatever. Walter's a bit like that. He, he's small and he can <laughs> scout and stuff. He's not a machine. Organic drone. Yeah, exactly. He's organic and hopefully like better than a drone, but we'll see. So it's kind of very loosely based on that driver move. But there's only one drone instead of two and it's slightly better. So the driver move lets you take, uh, create some drones that have a bunch of tags on them, uh, including some sensors and some weaknesses and things like that. Uh, and I just kind of picked one. So I'm going to... Alex, I'll tell you what I've got and then we can work out if you're happy with it. Yep, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. I've written down that Walter has the following tags. Small, stealthy, intelligent, uh, night vision, and unreliable. So mostly positive, but there is a weakness there as well. Uh, he, it, In theory, he's possibly missing some extra tags that he could get from being a second drone, but I think he needs to have uh, a move as well, like something I can use him for. Uh, we mentioned multiple times that he has this kind of gas. So I think it's going to be something to do with that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think as well as taking Walter like the drone move, it's it would be good to have a specific custom move for you anyway. One of the things about the drone move, when you, when you, when you pick drones, it doesn't give you a move to roll for them. It kind of leaves it up to the GM to incorporate it into the fiction. So it will also just be useful to have uh, Walter have a, have a nice clear move that we can roll. How big is Walter? Like, I, I was thinking if he was small, but he might actually not be small. Like, he might be actually quite big. We, we struggle with this a bit because the, the drones come in four size categories. Is it four? Yeah. Tiny, which is insect size, which clearly doesn't apply. There's large, which is bear size, also clearly does not apply. Walter's not an owlbear. If only. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. One of them was dog-sized, which is comical because dogs are coming a huge range of sizes. <laughs> it's pretty useless. My take was that Walter counts as small sized. I know owls are actually kind of big. Don't don't contact me, listeners, to tell me about different sizes. He, I of mean, owls. he can he can be big, like he can, as in he can not be small. Yeah, the only reason I would tend towards defining him as small for the sake of being a drone is, uh, I think he's also somewhat somewhat fragile and fairly sneaky. So I think he would behave more like a small sized drone than a large sized one, if that makes sense. Like the medium sized drone suggests to me that it could, like, get in get in a ruckus with a human and hold its own which i don't think walter could like walter's more like he he fits you at you as a as an infiltrator right he's more like sneaky and he has to, you have to be smart about how you use him you couldn't just throw him into a fight with some goons or if you did you would have to like do it in a clever way so i think what we're going to do is yeah the tags that you've got make sense to me and then before next time we play we will write a move that specifically relates to walter using his gas on other human beings because that because that'd be good to have so i had uh, one other request as well that might be able to fit in as a kind of make weight for the fact that i didn't get a second drone which is i'd like a, a gas mask <laughs> because i'd like to be able to operate while walter is gassing people as we established before he no longer releases his gas uh automatically when he sees us which is great um but it'd be good if i could kind of act um we're around him when he's trying to knock people out as in i don't have to think about it too much yeah literally i was just thinking something like a kind of neck scarf that i can pull up and has like some cyber fabric that like means i can kind of breathe yeah yeah i think that i think that's that's good yeah you can have yeah you you can be immune to the effects of walter's gas i, I figure it's just like a like just something something she pulls up over her face like over the lower half of her face just to like cover her mouth basically nose and mouth that's it it's not like industrial it's just a kind of light uh, super magic cyber mesh or something and then that yeah that'll allow you to operate in and around walter which is which is cool and it means that you're encouraged to operate alongside walter instead of send, just sending walter in to do things while you stay safe so i think that's a bit more interesting um yeah so we'll we'll come up with the exact details of, the, of a custom walter move but off the top of my head it will probably involve you roll some dice and if you get a 10 plus it kind of like 
uh, maybe knocks out a foe or two, like takes someone out, makes things way easier. And then on a on that seven to nine mid range, it probably makes whatever task you're about to do easier, but doesn't actually like take any enemies down. And then on a miss, Walter is put at risk. But I'll um, I'll make a decision about exactly what that looks like in a bit. Okay, sounds cool. But let's talk about Shell in the six months or so that have passed. I think she's basically the same, but maybe uh, I don't think she has any kind of outstanding like jobs and stuff that she had to do. I think her affiliation with Los Scorpionis is still pretty much the same. I think that um, she maybe she's kind of socialized with the gang a bit, so she kind of feels more comfortable around them. But um, I think she's uh, generally still in the same kind of position. I don't think anything major has changed. I don't think that's acceptable. Yeah, you spend the time, yeah, training around and probably doing like low level jobs for Los Scorpionis that haven't got you in any particularly deep water. Uh, you do still owe a favour to Glitch from your last mission. Oh, I do. That's right. And I am I am owed a favour by Carl Bencher. <laughs> oh, yeah. By that random dude I saved. Yeah, so we'll just say that those didn't come up in the in-between time so that they're there for... You have a favour to use and I have a, a favour to use uh, as we play the game. So that's that could just remain as it is. So that's fine. You've just been... Do you think you've seen much of the other characters in the in the in-between time? It's possible. If we if we haven't if we're saying outright that we haven't done any jobs in the meantime, then it's I guess it's possible that we haven't uh, I haven't spent any major time with them. But I've probably kind of hung out with them or seen them, swung by Esteban's workshop, played with some stuff. Maybe when he wasn't oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we've hung out, but I guess we haven't done any major jobs. I don't have any reason to avoid those guys. Like we had. Um, one one and a half successful missions out of two. That's decent decent odds. Uh, okay, Don. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll talk about my advance of taking first, or about fiction first. Is there a preference? Uh, no, up to you. Tell us in whatever order seems relevant. I think I'll do a fiction first because I think it just sort of leads into what I'm taking for my advance pretty easily. So I think for Harris, the main focus of the last six months that we've covered in the time skip has been just working with Amelia to try and continue his investigation into what happened to his old squad. Uh, seeing as at the end of our previous session we found out a bit of information. Yeah. So I got this name, Charlie's Grey, is that correct? Yep, that's what I've got here too. So currently looking for them. I don't think that Harris and Amelia have made any real progress since then because that would be, you know, like a major plot development. So it's just been work. But no big leads yet on that. However, uh, using the experience from that, Harris is going to get the... Let me just check the name. On the Trail Advance from the Hunter Playbook. It was really tempting. We should have coordinated and all just taken the driver move vehicle so we all have sweet rides. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Troll no. Alex. We could have all got all get helicopters, which would be sweet. Anyway, we didn't do that. <laughs> so instead, uh, I'm getting a move. So when I want to find someone or something, name my target. Whenever I gain intel, I can note that it concerns my target. When I spend free such intel, you, Alex, will describe where my target is, and then I can describe how the clues led me to that knowledge, and some way that I have the target or its defences at a disadvantage. Uh, I feel like there'll be some amount of making sure it fits within the fiction of the game, but in general, when I gain intel, I can say, this is somehow relevant to my search for Charlie's Grey, probably at first, uh, but I could choose something else if I really wanted to, if it was mission relevant or something like that. Um, couple of other little things. I lost my armoured jacket last time, yep. so I'd like to buy a new one. I mean, it's your judgement, but I expect it'll be one credit. I can't see any any universe in which jackets are more than, more than one credit. Yeah, I mean, it says one credit is enough for, like, low-level military gear from a, a fixer, which is basically what this is, I think. What does your new jacket look like? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I'm just gonna be very derivative and steal the uh, design from the Blade Runner remake, where it has the cool like zip that goes a little bit higher than normal and like oh, yeah, almost like a half cowl face. that covers the neck and like the lower half of your face as well. In the future, zips go higher. <laughs> that was a really, that was a cool look. It was already a pretty sweet jacket, and then partway through the film, it's like oh. It was a very cool look, and I'm stealing it. Thanks, Ryan Gosling. And the <laughs> other thing I think we need to talk about is that I did owe a more urgent favor to Ace my hacker buddy, for helping me out, and I don't really want to let him down because I think he's a cool dude and I don't want to have that bridge be burned. 
what were what were your thoughts on how we resolve this thing as we're time skipping and we don't want to go into too much detail i figure about resolving this yeah so my my thoughts on this were that we you should have to pay some kind of cost because this would not this is a a definite cost that you would accrued in game as a result of rolling a move so i didn't really want to just like let it go um so my ideas were that i would make you pay some small mechanical cost and give you some options uh depending on how you think you handled it and so okay. to recap ace's problem was uh, his parents, who are Melange execs, are look, were looking for him, um, and he he didn't want to. You know, they they obviously have some kind of corporate power, and also power him and his parents. He doesn't want them to find him. Uh, he's quite happy with his hacker lifestyle. So my ideas were: you could choose to deal with him by, by you could choose to solve his problem by calling in some favors. You know, knowing knowing the right people and putting him in touch. In which case, you could spend a credit, and uh, the a situation would be solved. You could decide that you ran an operation yourself, in which case I would fill in the Milan shipping clock by one because you would kind of show up on their radar and that would also resolve your issue with Ace. And then there was something... I think the other one I thought was would be spending some kind of XP to show that you spent uh, quite a lot of time to do it very carefully, but I don't think sense, you have any XP I'm left. not going to do that. Well, I actually have one that rolled over, but... If you can think of any other, thing, any other ways you might handle this um, with a relevant mechanical cost, uh, I will let you do it. I think I would have just run a small operation to get this done, really. I think Harris is normally fairly direct at solving problems and doesn't want to just pay off people to do it for him. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to take the melange clock increase, if yep. that's what that means, just for a quick bit of flavour. I think I tried to find out where melange were going to... So, were his parents actually coming to New Angeles to look for him? Yeah, I, th I think that uh, what I decided was... I can't remember if I said this at the time. I think what I decided was they're probably based on the moon because Melange obviously does it's has major uh, major mining operations on the moon. So I think they were probably based there and they came down the beanstalk to find him. Yeah, sure. I think I just sort of looked up where they uh, were going to be staying and basically just staged a sort of very blatant sort of sabotage or vandalism on that property. Um not trying to hurt anybody, but just, like, shoot some bullets into the building or start a small fire or something and just try and scare them off. Okay. Try and convince them that it wasn't safe in New Angeles right now and get them to head off back to the moon. Yeah, so I assume that went ahead. Uh, but, yeah, Melange obviously got some more intel on me. Yeah, I'm not going to make you any roll any dice for that. But, yeah, you probably picked up on security feeds as you did this. Uh, and so you and sort of by extension the team are now... Um, have now attracted a bit more attention on Melange. We'll do a clock update last, actually, before we uh, end the session. So I've advanced Melange's Melange Industrial Shipping's clock. Hopefully you guys can all see that on roll 20. Uh, and, yeah, before we wrap up today, I'll talk to you about where the corps are. So at some point, Harris was picking up a bunch of obligations, right? I think that's you, all your obligations yeah, that is are discharged. Now. Your slate is clean. Yeah, I think that's me done. Fab. Uh, Chris, tell us about Esteban. So it's been a tough few months for Esteban. Ooh, a hard winter. <laughs> Uh, so Esteban was always a bit of an idealist. Uh, he left Hasbara because he thought that he was better than the common worker and he kind of tried to set, set himself up as this independent contractor of, of repute and fame and, and general acclaim in the uh, in the kind of underworld without really realising that one, he's not suited to that sort of thing and two, there's not all that much demand for the high-end artistry that he, he wanted to provide. And the last few missions that Esteban did kind of drove home how in some ways he's quite out of his place uh so in my head <laughs> esteban has become a bit more cynical he's become a bit more kind of um hard-edged over time um he's lost a little bit of his kind of um high and mighty nature um he i in my head also has have kind of been because they've become aware of what he's doing uh, over both the missions they've kind of restricted access to the sort of jobs that he wants to do and access to kind of the biroids and, and stuff like that that he considers his forte uh, so Esteban has been forced to turn a bit more to crime he's still doing the work he can get when he can but he's also um, done a few more jobs partly to keep keep himself in business help Ben's meet but partly to try and get more accustomed to the world that he's now finding himself in and kind of uh, fit in a bit more. So he's been doing um, doing some jobs on the side, if you like. Um, he's not really a violent type. He's still quite uneasy with, with guns and conflict and, and all the loud noises and bangs. Um, 
so he's trying to pass himself off as well as a kind of medic and mechanic as a security specialist um, that way he can just press some buttons and then hide in a corner while other people shoot other people okay he has taken the uh, bypass uh, move from the tech playbook which helps him deal with security oh interesting the, the second reason for taking this he was kind of alarmed at how often Shell was dealing with these problems with chewing gum and sticky tape and <laughs> bouncy balls <laughs> And thought that might be unsustainable, and then and maybe this would be a, a, a slightly more uh, secure way of keeping his face off the uh, off the profile of people that he's scared of. Because he's quite scared of Argus specifically because they're so far out of his league and so far out of his comfort zone. So he wants to try and stay a bit more hidden than we maybe we have done in the past. Nice, but those problems were solved. Yeah, I, 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 I guess Espan just isn't sure that's sustainable because at some point we're going to run out of gum. <laughs> Uh, do you want to quickly read out the bypass move? Yeah, so bypass says, when you attempt to subvert security measures, and that could be bypassing a locked door, disabling an alarm, camera or motion detector, or anything like that, you roll cool. On a 7+, plus, you successfully bypass the system without leaving a trace, and on a 10+, plus, you gain some valuable insight into the facility's security, gaining some intel. Appearance-wise, Esteban looks much the same, though possibly a bit more greying hair. Uh, he's also uh, had a little bit of um, modification done. He's got kind of uh, this kind of circuitry inlay on his cheek, which is purely decorative, but he likes the pattern. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's everything uh, related to you. You didn't have any other big, big outstanding obligations or weirdness there? Uh, no, though I would have fixed my van because it got shot up in the last one and I had to uh, replace uh, some panels and, and beat out some bullet holes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say that you have to spend uh, a credit to say that the van is all is all ready to go. I think if you were just to, to get it fixed by someone else, it would have been kind of expensive, but Esteban was able to do a lot of the work himself. Because there was some work to be done actually repairing it, so you probably needed some spare parts and some scrap metal. And then I think you also had to... I think I mentioned at the end of the session which the van got shot up, there was also a potential problem where Argus had it logged on some kind of database. Yeah, so I think I'll probably change, change the registration details and, and stuff like that, re- repaint it. Did you paint a sick mural on the side? That's the real question. Still no. We're still not a Grateful Dead van. No rush out on this van. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Okay, so that is our existing cast. That is our advancements, and that is where we've been left. So uh, new coat, new van, uh, same Walter, but everyone's, everyone's a bit more ready to go. Uh, so we will move on, last but certainly not least, to Alice. Hello. Tell us, what kind of character slash playbook were you interested in? Because there are still there were still lots left that hadn't been taken by any of the gang. Yeah, um, there were definitely quite a few interesting possibilities. There are two that particularly appealed to me. I quite like the look of the fixer, but we do have a lot of those in terms of contact and associates and general people were tally with. Uh, so uh, the character that I landed on in the end is a reporter. I think that playbook nice. looks really yeah. interesting. Yeah, the reporter's kind of a neat one because it's slightly different to a lot of the other playbooks in that a lot of them are clearly just kind of mercs that do missions and the reporter uh, has a bit more of a drive outside of just uh, making money. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a really cool one. You're not MBN affiliated, right? Or not really. Do you want to explain your kind of character concept? My character is quite a young woman, early to mid-twenties. She's essentially set up what is this world's equivalent to a WordPress website, which is obviously MBN-controlled, but that is the extent of her MBN affiliation. And she started off just writing about the things that she liked, reviewing books and TV shows and songs and um, that kind of thing. And then gradually, as she kind of got more into it. Um, I think there was some sort of incident, probably at a concert she was at, attending to review, and something something went down that didn't really sit right. It was waved away, maybe there was some sort of accident. There was no mainstream media coverage that suggested anything that looked like the truth to her, so she started down the path of more real journalism so to speak nice okay cool so yeah your character's cut is fairly green but is sort of uh just started to go down this rabbit hole and get sucked into this the underworld of new angeles uh we will just okay so what we'll do is we'll go through the sort of the standard playing the game character creation process just just for you i'll maybe modify a bit as we go along so we'll kind of Fill in your moves and fill in your stats and and we'll work through that together the first thing we need to do is 
uh, define it. Usually at this point in character creation, if we were starting uh, from the beginning, we would have to define the corporation. So this is something we all did in our first uh, episode. We all came up with corporations to put on the board. And I didn't want, just because you're joining late, I didn't want to take that away from you. So you too get to define a corporation. So did you have one in mind? Yes. As I said, I think it's MBM. The name maybe could do with a little bit of workshopping. Uh, I came up with Dynamocoms. NBN's kind of, as I said, their sort of equivalent of WordPress, really. You can get certain packages, different tiers. You know, there's the free one that's got all the NBN advertising all the way up to higher level things. And I think that actually ties in quite nicely with my ideas for how I got my cybernetics and that kind of thing. So I think it'll be to do with the tier of blogging platform yeah that's really cool yeah when you get on their platform you end up getting cybercoms as a result yeah, as, like, i really like that idea that you like buy a journalistic package from a, a media corporation and may install cybernetics in you as part of it that's like <laughs> yeah i like that a lot too uh and the other thing that's fun about this is it puts uh is it's another mbn division on our court board so up until now we had each each major uh android court plus melange represented but only once so now it is possible for you to run for example a mission for one nbn subsidiary against the other which could lead to all kinds of uh, exciting intrigue and also your character has a reason to care about the other nbn branch that we have which is talent recognition your own, your new obsession so ooh, it all ties in so nicely that's uh, that's good times uh, so i've written i've added them to our roll 20 board and for now i've written nbn dynamicoms consumer web hosting i like the feeling that the subtitle would be one of those like clickbait links like <laughs> this one weird trick <laughs> excellent oh man that should be the name of a move okay okay now now the wheels are turning in my head we'll, we're gonna have some fun with dynamicoms so you've chosen your playbook so we don't need to go through that again um so name and describe your character so we already got kind of a picture of them but uh, this is the point where you can actually name them and maybe give us an idea of what they look like their demeanor that kind of thing how we can picture them in our heads cool so her name is Tegan Older. She is, as I said, sort of uh, early to mid twenties. Looks as young as she is, really. But I would describe her as uh, kind of determined looking. Did you say her name was Tegan? Tegan, yeah, T E G A N. I think probably white American. I feel like um, spent a lot of time kind of on the beach. She re- she reviewed a lot of books and and oh, I guess cyber books, wherever they are these days. Um, but her favourite place to read those would have been on the beach. So she's quite tan, uh, blonde hair, I'd say, quite a friendly face. Is she is she fashionable? Yeah, fashionable, but, but you know that kind of fashionable that people manage sort of by accident. It feels like she comes from quite a good background, is that fair? Yeah, I, I, that's, that is kind of, I heard envisaged kind of, maybe not extremely rich, but just certainly well off. Well off enough that you can sit on a beach and review books as you're (laughs) you're living, yeah. Does she have a large following from her time blogging? Definitely not as large as she would like, but it's it's growing every day. The reporter playbook kind of assumes that you have at least enough of a following to be relevant. Like what you what what you say is um, you might you you have the the capability to speak truth to power and get people riled up. You're not just like because otherwise, the best way, because if uh, Alice's character start to become prop for MBN, the best thing for them to do would be to ignore her. So she's at least got enough of a following that she can't just be ignored. But you're also not, like, full celebrity. Yeah, people don't really, like, recognise her. But if you write something on your blog, people will read it yeah. and listen to it. Yeah. Okay, that's a, a good picture of your reporter. I thought of a good subtitle. Oh, yeah? Your Truth, Your Voice. Ooh, yes, I like it. That sounds like the kind of crap MBM would pull, where they they try and convince members of the public yeah. that they're not the product. Yeah, I could just base all the all the Dynamicom storylines on real life examples of people trying to start like YouTube franchises that are just like just them just them screwing over consumers or whatever. The alternative subtitle would be like and subscribe, I guess. But <laughs> no, <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe is what like the the Dynamicom's corp person says to you as they shoot you in the face or something you've been you've been unsubscribed <laughs> <laughs> so step 
three, which I don't know if you did in your own time yet or had to think about, is the most exciting step of all, assign stats. I'm definitely going to go with what the book suggests, which is uh, plus two in edge and plus one in mind. My other plus one will go in style. Um, I think fast talk comes off style, am I right? Yes, and um, hitting the street is style, right, which is finding context. Yeah, and I think my minus one is in neat. I realise this is kind of taking the game in a slightly different direction, obviously taking away a character which was very fighting focused and adding in one which is oh, very cool. not fighting. It's fine. This is perfectly fine because, yeah, we don't really now have a character who can straight up just uh, go up against a bunch of Prysec people and win. We're going to be uh, a lot more scared of Argus, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but each each character has ways to has different ways they can try and deal with a problem like that involves violence, which I think is neat. So Harris is quite well suited to making plans and evening the odds. Um, you know, Shell can avoid fights altogether. Uh, Esteban, Esteban's quite good at hiding in cars, but also finding high-tech solutions. If you fight me, I will blog about it. There's a, is that, yeah, there's a move that all reporters get where you, if you get attacked, you start live, live streaming it so that, um, <laughs> yeah, live the, the, the price it guys, uh, yeah, their PR sense kicks in and they don't want to commit horrific violence on you on camera. It's, it's really cool. This is fine for the Android setting because the Android setting has a lot of off-screen violence in it, but it like doesn't concern itself with lots of cyberpunky violence in the way that something like Deus Ex does, which is not to say there was anything wrong with having a killer in our game, but just to say that... Um, it's not something that's normally explored too much in Android fiction anyway. Step four is choose cyberware. You have a piece of cyberware to pick at this point. You might pick up some more a little bit later, but for now, you're just choosing one. So do you know what cyberware you've gone for? I think what I decided on was going for cyber ears nice I'm, I'm sort of imagining i've got two like antenna like bender oh rad <laughs> or maybe not quite like that but no that's cool that's if that's what you want that's that's, that's a cool luck though yeah that is a cool one i get to choose two tags um so i think recording probably makes sense i don't know what wide frequency is uh, I assume that means you can hear outside the normal range of hearing. I'm not sure what the use of that would be. Like, you could hear if there's, like, radio broadcasting, although you wouldn't be able to understand it, I guess. Okay, so I think probably in that case, I will, my second tag will be dampening, um, because I, I'll want uh, the best quality recordings for my listeners. So you've got, like, more of a more of a podcast audio vibe than a kind of written blog. I think there's a bit of everything. A few review concerts and things. Like, here's a little clip I recorded using my really good ears. The net in uh, Android, it's all kind of, the way it's described, it's all quite integrated, right? So you could, a lot of it is like text and video and um, uh, and like audio or all, might all be integrated together on the same web page without being like a horrid mess. So it would make sense. That... Yeah, but there might be like audio of an event playing while like the text comes up or pictures or whatever. And the other game effect of this is when you're enhanced hearing, it helps you may roll synth for assess. Which I don't imagine is going to come up that much, right? Because your your edge is two and your synth is zero, so it's better for you to just assess, which is fine. Okay, so we need to ask the all-important cyberware questions. You've kind of already answered these in in character creation, so that, but we'll we'll go over them anyway. So in the sprawl, everyone's got Chrome, but replacing human tissue with metal and plastic isn't a trivial exercise. Um, choose a piece of cyberware. Think about how and why you got into this business. The MC will ask you two questions. Uh, why do you get part of your body cut out and replaced with electronics? It gives quick one-word uh, explanations like, you know, prosthetic, forced, military. But I think the answer career is basically yours, right? It's to do with your yeah. job. Because you can't really compete as a as a reporter slash vlogger unless you've got cyberware, presumably. Like, it's kind of just a requirement of the job. Um, and then you choose how you got it. And again, I think this has kind of already been answered because there's you scripts and save to buy it yourself. Choose a negative tag to, to apply to it. Someone else paid for it and you owe them. You're owned. Choose who owns you or... You fuck someone over to get it and you're hunted, choose who you double-crossed. So. Yeah, so I think uh, I am definitely owned because I have this through a hosting package by MBN. Okay, so that is Cyberware Dealt With. Uh, next on our list of things, we have Choose Playbook Moves. So if you don't mind, Alice, I think it would be good for you to read. You get three just for being a reporter um, to read them out or kind of paraphrase them just so, like, the other... The other players and also the listeners know what they are and then we'll talk about what you've picked the one that we've previously mentioned live and on air i basically live broadcast uh this 
the scene to avoid harm and expose my target. On a 7+, plus, I get the shot I want and I'm, quote marks, escorted to a position of safety. Uh, on a 7-9, to nine, choose 1. Your story irritates your target and the MC advances a relevant threat plot. So presumably they're not keen about me broadcasting their violence and, and anger to the world. Someone on your team gets hurt off camera, so I guess I can only save myself. My story angers my employer, so I guess that would, in this case, represent MBN maybe censoring my blog in some way? I'm not sure. I think employer there might mean whoever's giving us the current job, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, your rush narrative is misinterpreted by the public with unintended consequences, which is definitely the most interesting one. <laughs> That's also the everything gets way too real option, where like suddenly our game world looks grimly like too much like the real world. Has anyone considered that live blogging our crimes is a terrible idea, by the way? I... Well... That's why we can anger our employer by doing it. Esteban wants to be famous, so this is a big step up in my opinion. Um, okay, Alice, what's your next move on your cool move list? Cool. The second move is nose for a story, um, which is the way my character gains hold. So at the start of the mission, I will edge. And then during the mission, I can spend the hold to invoke an effect, um, ask a question from the research list, um, take plus one forward uh, to one of the optional report moves, or find a piece of evidence that links this mission to a current story. Start a story clock and a linked noise clock, or roll to gather evidence. What? Story clocks and linked noise clocks are something we're about to get onto. More clocks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that links into the third move that the reporter gets, which is gather evidence. Uh, when you gather evidence to break a story, roll mine. On a 10 plus, I get the evidence I need and advance the story clock. And on a 7 to 9, I get the evidence but tip my hand to someone implicated in the story. Tell the MC which clock to advance. A relevant corporate clock, the linked noise clock, or the relevant mission clock, legwork or action. So, And on a 6 or below, so on a miss, the MC will advance the clock and make a move. If my story clock reaches uh, the end before the noise clock, that represents my reporter having broken the story before the implicated parties could cover up the evidence or stop the investigation. The exact implications of this for the game will vary based on the story, but it should have a major impact on the implicated parties and will affect at least one corporate clock. The reporter has their own sort of, yeah, mini mechanic, which is this story and noise clock, and basically the two clocks are racing each other. I've often thought we need more clocks. We haven't got enough clocks. I know. I love clocks. This will probably function somewhat similarly to Harris's hunt for what happened to his squad, in that it will be constantly a part of the game, it'll be something that you're always bearing in the back of your mind, and so am I. Uh, and it, but it will be, it will be always kind of ticking over. It will get up similar amount of screen time, um, and also similar to that, I'll probably give you a little bit more narrative control over your, over the, over the story, uh, over your story clocks uh, than I would give you over doing the missions in the same way I did for Don Harris, so that you can also sometimes you'll tell me what thing you found, and and as as long as it's not totally ridiculous or messes up the game, I'll just let you have it if that makes sense. So it's not just me leaving a trail of breadcrumbs to you to follow. It's more collaborative. So. Yeah, those are your three freebie moves, and then you also get to choose choose one more. I'd like to go for the war correspondent move, uh, which is when acting under pressure while in physical danger, roll edge instead of cool. But I'm trying to think of a good thematic kind of fiction way to explain why my character would have that sort of ability. I feel like the difference between edge and cool is like, I feel like edge is very kind of like gritty, fight through the pain kind of thing, while cool is like... Uh, remain calm. So I feel like like adrenaline takes over and you just kind of ignore the threats to you. <laughs> so maybe it's more like persevering. Like you just you just persevere through the pressure. Yeah, I like that. Maybe this. Maybe we, it would also just to make it make. This is up to you. You can reject this, but to make a bit more sense, maybe when we meet you, you have already you haven't actually been involved in any like big exciting crimes, but you have probably been at least at this point like had to escape from or kind of put the slip on police or MBN security people. So you've got a bit more of a rough and tumble background. If we wanted to do a cool Android Netrunner flavor tie and we could save it during the time skip, we just did the 23 seconds incident happened and everybody was in the middle of New Angeles when shit went down. Yeah, could, that, that, like, that makes sense. That actually. would be a good reason that you would have experience with like actual rioting and things like that. I think that, yeah, that move is, that move is justifiable. Um, if you when if slash when you write it on your couch sheet you can rename it to whatever you want 
Um, you don't have to call it war correspondent, although maybe you'll keep it as war correspondent, but if you want it, yeah. The title doesn't so much matter. I think we can justify that. Uh, I think now is a good time. You have an advancement because everyone else got an advancement over the course of their missions, and it just seems fair that you uh, should also get one too because I'm sure you would have also gathered experience if you'd been playing with us this whole time. Um, so you can spend an advancement right now. I don't know if you've thought about this, but vaguely the options are choose another move from your playbook. You could choose something from another playbook uh, or just up a stat. Uh, I might just hold off making a decision right now. I want to read through some of the other um, the options available to me. Step six is choose gear. So there's a little gear list on your character creation sheet. You choose a weapon and then two other non-weapon things. Yes, so I think my weapon will be a hand taser. I don't really see uh, Tegan as someone who would wield a gun. I think this means everyone except Astaban has a taser. Or do you have a taser I, Yeah, well? I do not have a taser, no. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> I feel like I don't need one at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think from my other miscellaneous equipment, I think encrypted communications equipment, and then glasses, uh, which come with two tags, and I think the tags that I'm going to take are recording and magnification. Unless, yeah, so for, unless, unless you acquire any, any other equipment, for now, any of your sort of on... Uh, on-site reporting is basically going to be done in first person because presumably the glasses have no way to record your face. Nice, okay. I mean, you could take the glasses off and point them at your face. <laughs> you can. <laughs> they're shutter glasses. Oh no. They're like They're Google glasses, right? They're definitely not shutter glasses. They're more like Google glasses, I guess. Yeah, what do these look like? Are these quite quite sleek or are they, quite, are they kind of like obviously bulky and, uh, and mechanical? The internals, the kind of mechanical workings, uh, are hidden inside a kind of chunky black frame, uh, which I think was fashionable at some point in the recent past, uh, and has looped around to being fashionable again. So the next step is just kind of a, a general one, which is consider background and contacts, which I don't think we need to go into too much detail on. We have a good picture of your character, um, but it does say, yeah, consider your character's background. Does he come from the streets? Did you grow up in core parkology? Does he move in media circles? Blah, blah, blah. What kind of circles do you think your character mostly moved in before this all happened? Probably other low-key bloggers and, and that kind of thing, a kind of early 20s media crew. Uh, i kind of thinking, uh, like, she writes her blog, but she also reads a lot of other people's. In the community, right? Cool. Step eight, choose directives. I don't know how much you've thought about this, but everyone needs to have two of them old directives there in which are going to make the mission more difficult in exchange for experience points. Did you had you chosen yours already, or do you need to do you need to think about it and talk about it? I've definitely chosen vengeful. When you harm and behind the comes, all that interest, my experience, and I think network. When your membership in the Dynamicon hinders the mission? Or, I don't know, do you think that's too... You're about to get the same uh, observation that I got when I did this. Oh, which no. Which is that Alex is going to say that your uh, two directives should not focus on the same thing. Otherwise, you'd be very, you'd be very narrow. I almost did exactly the same thing. John, I took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm not... I, do, I, dislike, I dislike saying no as GM. This hurts me as much as it hurts you. Those two directives are... There will be times when something feels like it might trigger one or the other, or maybe both. And it just is a little bit messy for me as GM to be like, okay, if I want to hit both, how do I... Like, I can I can see how, but I can I just feel like it's going it to... Might, we might end up in situations where it's arbitrary, whether something is network or vengeful. Um, and also one will often end up triggering the other, I think, is the other problem. There are generic ones you could take as well, right? As well as the ones in the... I mean, you can take other ones or even make your own if you have a, a cool idea for something that isn't listed. Yeah, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, Alice. So if you want to have a think about your second one in between missions, uh, in between sessions, feel free. There's not that much left, I think. I'm not sure if she needs to do links. Uh, would maybe Tegan wouldn't have links with any of us. She might have links with one of us. This is the difficult part. I don't think we're going to do the thing where you describe a job you did. It advances and then the we all say how we joined in on it and stuff. If we did that kind of thing, because yeah. it's it's there's lots of reasons that this doesn't really make sense. One is that these this happened in the past, so it seems strange to advance clocks now. I mean, I guess it could have happened in the preceding six months, but that I don't really like that either because then it suggests that there's all this off-screen history that Tegan has with the team, and I think exploring that is going to be like part of the fun of the game. Um, also. Tegan wasn't off doing, isn't really off doing like lots and lots of badass cyberpunk missions. That's not really the character concept. Um, 
So again, it it doesn't really make sense. Hopefully, you weren't massively invested in doing this step, Alice, and aren't and are no, no. not unhappy that I want to skip it. Okay. Um, what I just think that we should do to make it simple is I, I still want to give an opportunity for links. So I just think that if you kind of if we all decide, you know, Alice leading, but with the rest of you, if any any of your like if Tegan had worked with the rest of the team any other individual members of the team in the past for any reason and then if she had you just take plus one links with each other to keep it simple does that make sense yeah but that bring, that brings Tegan into the group as well which is nice so i feel like someone might know of her or and she would probably know of at least one of us or be introduced to one of us yeah i think i'm going to set it as a requirement that at least one person is picked just so that there's at least some link to the team and also links are a useful resource i think i might know of her block because shell as you know, Shell is a big Miranda Rhapsody fan, so I can imagine that she might uh, have an awareness of a blogger. Now, whether Tegan wants to be related uh, to Miranda Rhapsody or not, maybe she is also a big Miranda Rhapsody fan or was focused on her, or maybe it was just coincidentally she's in the same kind of industry. It could be that I've covered her shows or reviewed her performances. Yeah, something. Kind of exactly. So it might just be that I, I, I watched a cast that tegan did of a show or whatever like i i, I maybe i just recognized the name it's maybe it's not kind of both ways maybe she ha- would have no reason to know who shell is yeah. unless you've like tweeted at me or something <laughs> yeah I, I i love the idea that that might have happened and that's how you found out about the group <laughs> <laughs> what have you been tweeting it's like oh i love your stuff if you need me to break into anything let me know <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to change it i guess it would be appropriate then for uh shell to take links with tegan but not the other way around so, Alice, do you think Tegan has encountered any of the members of the group herself that she could have links with? Don't know how I would have encountered Don or Harris, rather. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's re- realistic for our characters to actually know each other, particularly. Didn't Harris have a background by transporting some MBN uh, star? Didn't that? That happen? is true, actually. Hmm. What was that? What was that plot? Uh, yeah, that was that is correct. I uh, got back. Yeah, son of a, a Wayland exec that was trying to sort of run off and become a, a singer or a, a reality star or some some MBN pet project, basically. I don't think I've got a link with Harris, but I was thinking that I could potentially be aware of Esteban. I mean, has Esteban ever like done cybernetics for a celebrity or something? That is de- so that is definitely the sort of thing that Esteban wants to do, right? That's that's his his modus operandi because it's it's high profile and it makes him famous. And um... so okay, so maybe uh, Esteban is a friend of my parents, and uh, you've kind of heard from them that I'm getting some traction online, and you're kind of thinking, "Ooh, well, maybe I can use this to my advantage." Yeah, that's yeah, right. that makes sense. Nice. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, so that will make sense for you to take links with each other then, if if that's what you both want to do. So that's probably the extent of your links. Yeah, I think so for now. Um, And then, so again, we haven't formalized this process. I think I am going to say that MBN Dynamicoms are on the board and I'm going to advance their clock once. Yeah, that's fair to represent my sort of change in style. Okay, that is the character creation process done and dusted. So so yeah, two things. Uh, One, we'll talk briefly about Zen Bunny. I think that for now, I'm just going to say that in the six months, you all kind of lost contact with Zen Bunny and she has disappeared. Um, I think that the most likely outcome is that Zen Bunny, it doesn't really play a part in our story anymore because Zen Bunny's not our character um, and Haley might still want to listen and don't want to do anything with the character that um, Haley is not on board with. So for now, Zen Bunny is kind of off the radar and none of you really know what happened to her. Unless any of you really want to do something with that, but generally I think it would be safest not to. And then we'll do a brief clock update uh, because the viewers are probably not aware of where all our clocks are. So to recap, MBN Talent Recognition, your new obsession, currently sit at six o'clock, which is that they're kind of paying attention to the team. This has never changed. This was what we had right at the start based on missions that the group had done. So MBN Talent Recognition are interested in the group but aren't taking any moves against them. Um, Wayland Argus Protection Guaranteed is currently sitting at 9 o'clock. Oh, to be clear, the clock options are 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and midnight. And the later it is in the day, the worse it is for the team. So Wayland Argus are currently at 9 o'clock, which is pretty bad. Um, 
they they have a decent amount of data on the team. Obviously, the team have clashed with Argus more than once and have directly interfered with their plans. The only reason that this isn't critically higher is that, particularly in the last mission, the team did a pretty good job of staying off their radar um, and sort of, yeah, avoiding their drones and avoiding really? their security guards. With a lorry crash? That is surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you did a lot of bad a lot of bad stuff, but you didn't give them tons and tons of data. It all happened like 30 seconds, right? That's, that's, that's our yeah, sense yeah. of grace. It was beautifully <laughs> planned and beautifully executed. But if they could find you, especially since it's Argus, goodness knows how hard they would hit you. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of reflected in the 9 o'clock. They're, they're pretty upset about it all, but they don't have any extremely promising leads for now. Um HP Cybernetics Division, Humanity Upgraded, who we did a job for uh, during our last mission, is at 6 o'clock. So you, it, that got really, really high because you caused a lot of problems for them. And also in the uh, when you were performing your mission to steal Walter, you took quite a few options that meant that you were you know, giving data to HP. Um, but you've, you've dispensed with quite a bit of it, but it does still sit at 6 o'clock. So they... They know the team pretty intimately, I think, is what that six o'clock represents. They have no reason to care about you. But if you did give them a reason, they would have a lot of opportunities to track you down and cause problems for you. Jinteki Perfect Friends, I think, are the, the clock is not filled in at all. Uh, but they are on the board. We did decide that they ended up on the board, I believe, because of the animal mission. We did take their owl. <laughs> and we've still got their owl. But you managed to avoid filling this in. You managed to kind of slip out from under their noses. And also, in the grand scheme of things... You, they're not happy about the owl, but they do probably have bigger problems. Uh, and Melange Industrial Shipping is at 9 o'clock, so this was at 6 because you'd performed uh, missions up uh, against them in the lead-up to the game, and it went up one because Harris did uh, kind of run a job against them to save Ace from his parents' attention. So now, again, they're kind of looking for the team, probably particularly Harris, but also any of his associates. And then finally, we've got our new corp, MBN Dynamicoms, who, because of Tegan's involvement in the game, their clock currently sits at three o'clock. So they almost certainly don't think Tegan is a big threat, but they are. They would still, you know, like to talk to her. Uh, she's still not behaving as an ideal. They probably could, they probably have some some euphemism for the people that buy uh, site site space from them and get cybernetics. Like she's like a partner or something. She's not behaving like an ideal like an ideal partner would. I think is my way of looking at it. I think then that 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 is everything that we needed to cover this week. Can we tease what's going to happen next? Can you give us any? Can you drop any hints about what we're going to face? Hmm, good question. Not in great detail because I wanted to get a bit more uh, information about Alice. And I think we're going to get to know NBN Dynamicoms a bit better in our first mission. And this might change, but for the sake of actually giving you some useful preview info, I think it's going to involve getting Tegan out of some immediate hot water. Mm -hmm.